0: Uh, so, uh, Peter, hello. Hello. Uh, nice to m- meet you. This is the uh, first time I uh, saw you. And uh, I'm very glad that I can speak with you about uh, these areas of your interests, uh, because uh, it's very familiar to what I mm. like to learn about uh, in what I'm living. Um, so, yeah.
1: It's a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Uh, we talk about, uh, uh, you don't know w- what I read because I read on Serbian, but mm. I read your bi- biography. In your biography, yeah. uh, the people uh, can see that you um, have interest in ap- apologetics. Mm. Uh, the apologetics is main area of your interest. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, uh, be uh, uh, gentle and t- t- tell our uh, listeners uh, why apologetics is so uh, main in this time, and uh, why that is mm. the main questions, and what is the borders of apologetics and yeah. place in this world. What what we yeah. can do with that apologetics, and why?
1: It's really something that immediately arises when you are trying to communicate the gospel to non-Christians or you have non-Christians around you who see that you're a Christian and uh, they may ask you a question. You know, Why are you a Christian? Why do you believe this? Um, what about the problem of suffering in the world? How can you believe in God when there's so much suffering in the world? Um, and as soon as you uh, try and um, engage in that kind of conversation you're doing what we call apologetics um, and it's not a very useful word particularly in English it reminds English speakers of the word apologize as if it means saying sorry oh I'm terribly sorry I'm a Christian and of course that's not what it means at all um, it comes from a, a Greek word that's used uh, in the Bible um, particularly you could go to um, uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, uh, where Peter, uh, writing to uh, Christians, says that they should always be ready to give an answer to people who ask them for the reason for the hope that they have in Jesus. Uh, and the word that we translate as, as answer in English, in, in the Greek of Peter's letter, is apologia. Uh, And it's actually a Greek term from the the law courts, from the legal system. If you were accused of something, your defence lawyer would get up and the speech that he would give on your behalf would be his apologia. So it it kind of means your rational defence of why you're innocent of what you've been accused of. Um, Your evidence why you're in the right and so on. Um, But it's also... Important to notice that Peter immediately says that Christians are to give reasons why they're Christians to people who ask them questions about that. And then he immediately says, but do this with gentleness and respect. So apologetics is not about um, winning the argument at all costs or um, trying to just show that you're cleverer than people who don't believe in God or something like this. Um, it is actually bound up with an act of love. It is trying to lovingly help uh, people to really see the objective truth and I would say also the the objective goodness and beauty of the gospel, ultimately of, of God, of Jesus himself.
0: Yes, so, the, so the, that is the... Um, the world for all times because, from first times, the Christians have to be apologetic. Uh, uh, people.
1: Absolutely.
0: But uh, why the apologetic is uh, quite a uh, little different in these days from mm. all the other days from 200 years of Christian history and have very specific moments mm. uh, because uh, many other uh, weapons it's used in um, mm. that battle. From people who want to know why you are Christian and mm. to Christians mm. who uh, gave their, their answers because uh, from an, you know you know what I mean uh, in every time have the uh, ways of looking why mm. you are Christians and why you have mm. to be Christian I think that uh, that first mm. times have existential question uh, to people why you need to be Christians mm. in some other time some other times uh, that question uh, What's uh, some another uh, kind of uh, mm. uh, question? Uh, because it's not, uh, we know that from history, that was also political question, national question, sure, yeah. all other kinds of questions, mm. but mm. these times uh, uh, have also existential mm. need to be a Christian. So, uh, what is specific in these uh, times and what is the borders of uh, p- ap- apologetics in these times?
1: So? Yes, you're quite right. The 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 issues, what is the burning issue of, of truth or goodness or beauty relating to why are people Christians? Um, should I, as a non-Christian, think about becoming a Christian? Not Different facets or different aspects of, um, the reality of the gospel we will be uppermost in people's minds at different stages of history different cultural contexts um, depending on their educational background and so on um, and i think um, the particular um, area that, that i work in a lot of, in england uh, at the moment is in response to uh, a relatively new sort of wave of uh a type of atheism that's been uh, become known as the new atheism, um, and now we tend to speak of just as there are different types of Christian, mm-hmm. there are different types of atheist, and and different types of atheist will have different types of questions and objections that are upper uppermost in their minds. Um, so not all atheists. Uh, w- agree with each other on everything just as all christians don't agree with each other on everything uh, we have those things that that unite us in our common christianity and sure you know so all atheists for example believe that there isn't a god um but there is um this uh wave of so-called new atheists who particularly have a sort of social and moral uh problem with religion in general and Christianity in particular. Um, They not only think that it's an intellectual mistake Mm -hmm. to believe in God Mm -hmm. but that it's a moral failing to believe in God. Because they particularly because they I would say misunderstand the Christian concept of what it is to have faith (laughs) and they portray faith as, by definition, a matter of um, blind faith, of um, believing without regard for rationality or evidence or reason. It, uh, it's just a matter of...
0: The faith don't have probability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um, given that they have this misunderstanding of what faith is, they will say, well, if if you're a person of faith, yes. that means automatically you're not being reasonable. Yes. You're not open to rational argument, to being persuaded by evidence and so on. And A, that means you're not living up to your intellectual obligations, which is immoral. But, but B, um, that makes you uh, easy prey for uh, manipulation and for being convinced to do things that are really evil and dangerous for society. Um, you know, religious people, because they're not reasonable... Can easily be convinced to become suicide bombers yeah. or fly aircraft into that large buildings, and from yeah, yeah.
0: Decades here.
1: So the new atheism was, was sort of an atheist response, in a, in a sense, particularly to the 9/11 mm-hmm. attacks in America. Um, but they tend to portray all people of all religions um, as fundamentally being united by this. Um, This idea that you can just ignore reason and have blind faith.
0: But what we can say to the people who think like that, that is faith blind?
1: Well, I think we should first of all admit that, of course, there are religious people and there are Christians who do have blind faith. But we can point out as Christians that the, the Bible itself and the, the historic Christian tradition has not been in favour of blind faith. You know, Jesus himself in John's Gospel, for example, says to people, believe in me on the evidence of the signs of the miracles that I'm working. The signs I'm working testify to me um, right from the beginning when the, uh, P- Peter's first sermon in Jerusalem he is telling the crowds about their eyewitness evidence, their eyewitness testimony to the resurrection of Jesus, uh, as the 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 uh, the sign that Jesus really is the Messiah and that people should put their trust in Him. Um, so we have the example of of Christ, of Saint Peter, of Saint, Saint Paul, um, dialoguing with the philosophers in Athens, um, the the constant. Um, practice of the of the disciples is to go around proclaiming Christ crucified and risen from the dead on the basis of their knowledge. When they have to choose a new um, uh, apostle to replace Judas, the criteria uh, is that it has to be someone who's been there from the beginning, who's been an eyewitness to Jesus' ministry, his death, and his resurrection, because they want uh, Jesus's message to be going out into the world, uh, being backed up by people who can say, "I saw him risen from the dead."
0: Yes, but, but I think uh, that Jesus also Jesus also says that, um, uh, shameful. You saw the signs, but you don't believe. You have uh, yeah. at the same time that faith have uh, eyes and have mm-hmm. reason, but uh, but. Uh, on another way, they don 't need to have eyes or to mm. have reason. Mm. You only need to have a faith if you want to be with Jesus for that first moment and after that, that God gives you his hand and be with you. You know what I, what i mean I, Abraham yeah. didn 't saw any of that size, but uh, he go with uh, God all the time mm. Mm.
1: I, I would say it, it again it's not an either or Choice here. I I would certainly say, for example, that on the basis of um, religious experience, just the experience of uh, the um, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, as we might say, that God testifies in our hearts that we are His and testifies Abba Father, Um, and that that uh, itself can be a, a completely rational ground of faith in god it's not that one is going through some sort of argument from religious experience in your mind that would be another thing um but just as i'm completely reasonable to believe i had ham and eggs for breakfast this morning now it's that's not because i've gone through some little argument in my mind where the conclusion yeah the conclusion of which is yes i did have ham and eggs earlier it's just because i remember it I've got this experiential memory yes. that yes. rationally grounds. And anyone who came to me and said, I know you think you had ham and eggs for breakfast, but you didn't really. It's all a conspiracy. Well, <laughs> you know. Well, OK, I suppose it's possible. Maybe someone hypnotized me or something. But actually, yes. the burden of proof would be on them to show that my experience grounded faith uh, is irrational rather than a me to, to try and prove it. Uh, we could prove it. We could do some forensic science. Yes. You know, um, we could pump out the contents of my stomach now and see what it was. And um, So I would, I would describe it like that, that it can be, you can be rational to believe in God because of your religious experience, and you can also give good arguments, and that, that it's not a choice between one or the other, um, but they can both comfortably go hand in hand.
0: Yes, I, I I agree with you, but uh, I think uh, that that every atheist uh, can say uh, you think that this is true, Mm. because uh, uh, we don't have examination of our stomach, uh, what we have in in it. Uh, We cannot uh, put the proofs, but I think that is the uh, main thing. We don't experience God with proofs. We experience God with relationship, and that is the sum Another kind of uh, world, if uh, uh, we believe, you, you, you under, uh, understand yeah. what I mean?
1: Uh, sure, I, I think the. Of course, we have a relationship with God, and any relationship is not uh, primarily a sort of a matter of sort of scientific experimentation. If you're always um, if you approached your relationship with your husband or your wife or your boyfriend or your girlfriend by keep thinking, um, I wonder if they really do love me. Uh, can I really trust them? I better do another experiment to find out. I better set them another test to see whether they pass it, to see if I'm rational to believe that they really, really love me and so on. Um, that would not be a very conducive way of going about having a relationship with, with someone. True but it 's also uh it wouldn 't be true to say that you have no reason for thinking that your husband or wife loves you or that they 're trustworthy um, in human relationships uh, and I think just as much with our, our relationship with god um, it is again it 's a both and it 's a matter of of thinking that you 've got good reasons to think that this Person is there and has a certain character. Wants you to relate to them in a certain way.
0: But uh, um, uh, we people is difficult because so we people have a, a need from uh, another kind of God needs. God need is only love to be with yeah. with all. Who, uh, who want to experience his mm, love, no. you understand? But we people have also needs, maybe some social need, uh, existential need, uh, material yeah. need. So uh, we can ask ourselves why she is with me or why he is with with her. Mm. But we don't have to ask why God, God is with us, because God is with,
1: with Yeah, it would automatically follow from the yes, nature of yes, God that he, yes, the nature as is, our... Your loving creator he but, would love us yes, yes. And
0: when, when we feel that love we also have need to share our loves with all other people so yeah and don't yeah. have a uh, yes uh, i think that we tend uh, that have a reasonable need uh, to uh, show from everybody that we believe only from love and not from reason well
1: i i guess from my perspective i wouldn't put uh a airtight wall between those two yes, I, 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 uh, yeah I, agree with you. I i it's it's a reasonable love a loving reasonableness Yes.
0: so can you tell us something about uh, this uh, Lewis and uh, new atheism what is why is that is an uh, um, important thing in uh,
1: Okay. Well, you mentioned Lewis. That's yes, um, C. S. Yes, C- yes. C- yes. Lewis. Did
0: uh, you have um, um, here last night? I think very. Last
1: I, yes, I, I gave a lecture uh, yesterday okay. evening talking about the, the new atheism and yes. I've, I've got a, a book that's coming out in February next year called C.S. Lewis versus the yes. New Atheists yes. but perhaps I'll, I'll say a little bit more about the new atheists yes. and then I'll introduce C.S. Lewis into the mix uh, in mm-hmm. case people don't know who, who he is I don't know who, yeah. who
0: is he is okay.
1: So the new atheists are um, these uh, this wave of, of atheist writers who are particularly res- been responding to religion since the nine eleven attacks, and who are making this this sort of moral critique of religion and saying it's automatically about blind faith and being unreasonable and and so on. Um, and a lot of those writers, they're people like um, they're mainly sort of American and English writers, and a lot of English writers who come from Oxford University, interestingly enough, people like the evolutionary biologist Richard Dawkins. Um, The journalist uh, Christopher Hitchens, um, an English philosopher called A.C. Grayling, uh, American um, writers like the philosopher Daniel Dennett or Sam Harris, who's a scientist, um, they've come to be sort of because they share this similar sort of social moral critique as well as an intellectual critique of belief in God. have been dubbed by various media outlets, the, the sort of new neo-atheist movement. Um, and it's, as I say, interesting to see that quite a lot of them trace their roots back to Oxford University. Mm-hmm. They are either on staff there or they did their doctorates there mm-hmm. um, under uh, the auspices of professors who... Are uh, from the the previous academic generation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is an academic generation that the uh, the English uh, writer um, C.S. Lewis came from. Now, C.S. Lewis is, if he's known to people, it's probably most through his children's books, uh, The Chronicles of Narnia. Yes, I, I, I yeah, I, I didn't
0: know that that is the same person. I, I didn't yes. know that he
1: was atheist. I, I thought that he, he... well. Uh, he, In his younger life, he was an atheist, and he went through quite a long process uh, of uh, gradually coming to believe in a God. He was an atheist and then an absolute idealist and then came to believe in a God. And a couple of years after he came to believe in God, he became a Christian. Mm. Um, So he he took quite a a, a journey. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. so he, um, he fought in the trenches of the First World War when he was doing his first degree uh, at university. Went back after the, the war, he was um, invalided out um, with shrapnel wounds. And um, then he went back, to, finished his, uh, his training at Oxford and became a, a philosophy professor for a while before becoming a professor of, of English literature, mm-hmm. um, particularly specialising in medieval Uh, literature and writing books about understanding the medieval worldview so that you can better understand chaucer and shakespeare and and so on Um, but on the side he began writing uh, books explaining his journey from atheism to christianity and defending christianity and also wrote these children's books the the chronicles of narnia uh, uh, communicating a christian worldview in in a in a different way than just giving a, here's my, you know, philosophical paper on why I believe in God or so on, to communicate the Christian worldview um, in a story form. That's um, why I was mentioning earlier about the, the importance of truth and goodness and beauty. Uh, com- helping people to see the gospel is not, as you say, not just something we do through our brains, it's something we do through our, our hearts mm-hmm. as well, our form of life, our, our, it affects the, the whole person, uh, as it were. And so Lewis has been an inspiration to many in, in terms of communicating the Christian view of things um, through the head and the heart, uh, and not seeing an opposition between those. Uh, it was, uh,
0: excuse me, the 30s.
1: Yes so uh, he was as i say he fought in the first world war and then he was a professor at oxford in the, the 30s and the 40s 50s he um, he ended his career at cambridge university but i have to um, say
0: that it's quite different world from now
1: well this is the interesting type because he was part of that generation of of professors who under whom many of today's new atheists did their phd's mm. and the uh, the sort of the intellectual atmosphere of the 1930s and 40s um, continues to have an influence um, th- through these new atheist writers on the conversation today. So these new atheist writers tend to have a, a, a very narrow, scientistic view of knowledge that's, that's very influenced by the, uh, the so-called logical positivist ...school of thinking in the 1930s and 40s, um, particularly championed by philosophers like A.J. Ayer, um, who wrote a little book called Language, Truth and Logic, that was a very, very influential book. Later on, Ayer himself said, I, th- I think the whole thing was full of mistakes, um, but it was a, a view about when um, when language about anything, including theological language, is is meaningful, that reduced meaning to uh, statements that are just true by definition like what well, two plus two equals four a bachelor isn't married <laughs> you know, of course that's just what it means or they said language is meaningful if you can check it out with your senses basically. Um, so, there's a, there's a mug on the table. That's a meaningful claim because I can touch the mug and the table. I can look at it. We can measure it. We can scientifically know that, as it were. And then they said, well, all other use of language is not meaningful. So, if I say torturing small children for fun is wrong, that's not a meaningful use of language. Because it's not something that's true just by the, the definition of the words that I've used. Nor is it something that you can tell by doing some science. You know, Science will tell you what happens to small children when you torture them. But it won't tell you whether that's a, a right thing or a wrong thing to do. And these uh, positivists ha- then said, well, that means that it's meaningless to say that it's right or wrong there is no fact of the matter there so talk about morality becomes meaningless talk about beauty becomes meaningless and they argued that talk about god was meaningless as well <laughs> uh, yeah uh because well, it's not just true by definition and you can't touch god and you can't see god and so it's it's meaningless isn't it and this very sort of narrow view of, of how we know things and, uh, and what it's sort of meaningful even to talk about, um, this sort of very scientistic, positivistic view of knowledge, very influential in the thinking of today's new atheists like Richard Dawkins I and so on. Ask you,
0: that is not, um, I don't want to talk on, um, on that level, but uh, every, every time when I'm uh, reading uh, Dawkins, Mm. that's cheap that is not uh, that is not a logical proof mm. that is a chief trick for me because I know things what he talk about yeah. and I know another some kind of things my theological experience mm. 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 and also the or- orthodoxy is very specific area of thinking because yeah. I think that uh, Dawkins uh, don't know anything about orthodoxy and all of that people mm. Mm. don't experience that kind of Religious experience. They yeah. uh, they globally talk about experience, what you have in relationship with some kind of uh, being, like mm. what we call God. Mm-hmm. But uh, they don't know all things about uh, that big area, Orthodox spirituality.
1: No, I I think they've they've written off yes a whole. Areas of of human experience and discourse because it doesn't fit their view of how you should know things, what kind of things you can even sensibly argue about, Um, and so they won't they won't bother to learn about orthodox theology or religious experience. Well, of course they'll say, well, of course there can't be any such thing because there's no God, and we know that because you can't know him through science. (laughs) Now, of course, the the big problem with that is the, the idea that you can only know things through science. That statement itself is not a statement that you could know to be true through doing science. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, and indeed, uh, back to the, the the positivistic roots of this. A.J. Eyre himself wrote this this influential book that that popularized this view in Britain in the nineteen thirties. Later on in life, gave up on the whole philosophy, uh, and there were lots of problems with it. But,
0: but if you, I, I don't, uh, yeah. I didn't read anything from Lewis, but I read some things from Bertrand Russell. Mm. You know, when you read Bertram Russell, that is not cheap things. When you read Dawkins, that is uh, popu- popular things for all yeah, yes. You understand what I mean? Yes, yes. Uh, how you can explain that uh, change of uh, atheistic uh, yeah. approach to the world?
1: Well, uh, of course, there are, st- there are still s- what I would describe as more serious philosophical atheists out there the sort of yes. m- the modern Bertrand Russells um, oh, and I would agree with you that the new atheists are not that caliber of atheist as it were uh, uh,
0: I think that uh, one of that reason is because they don't uh, uh, believe in ontology they don't be, believe in mm. a metaphysical approach to science uh, yes. their science have only facts uh, uh, yeah. nothing else
1: yeah and C.S. Lewis, when he was an atheist, was of the sort of classical atheist tradition that took metaphysics and ontology seriously. Uh, and that's why, when he met various arguments for the existence of God and against naturalism and so on, he took them seriously enough to think about them, and they changed his mind. Uh, but as you say, people like Richard Dawkins don't, don't take philosophy seriously. He
0: was, he was reasonable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, uh, <laughs>
1: Uh, And they get a voice in the media because in in our media-saturated society, media loves controversy because that is exciting, easily graspable, uh, and if you can have an opposition, uh, particularly uh, between uh, religious fundamentalism and an atheistic fundamentalism, a sort of mirror image of religious fundamentalism which you could say that the new Atheists represent you have very polarized extreme views and you
0: have spectacles.
1: you have lots of fireworks yes, yes. Exactly. and everybody in the in the middle in the spectrum between both on the atheist side the more classical atheist side and the the more serious thinking christian side gets excluded from that conversation uh, because It's not so interesting. Uh, It's not such a good headline to say, you know, Christians and atheists have uh, well-mannered, interesting conversation about their different views of life. That's not a headline, you know. Whereas uh, Richard Dawkins saying, um, teaching your children uh, about your religion is child abuse, as he says. Um, That's a headline. Yes,
0: I I know. But that is... um, um, very sad for me because um, I like to be um, a reasonable man mm. and I uh, think uh, everybody who uh, get off any kind of uh, another kind of experience uh, uh, they don't have views They they're really fundamental mm. approach mm. you understand? Yes. And I, I want to ask you um, uh, how you can explain that transformation, uh, and how mm. you can um, uh, make a relation uh, with uh, atheism and secularism? Mm. And uh, I read some books. Um, I, I forget the names. Mm. Hello, secularism. The secularism need uh, a new, uh, new approach mm. because they fail. It, it failed down because uh, we live in a society with many problems and some kind of really, really exist- existential problems. And mm. we saw people with uh, with money, it's not, it's not a question of society uh, and social mm. groups. Mm. Uh, all social groups have a problems yeah. with existence in this world. Yeah, uh, What you can say about that?
1: That's right. Well, I think um, I would take this back to the, the concept of spirituality uh, okay. that we mentioned yeah. earlier. Um, and it... It's a very in vogue term, spirituality, but it's often used without definition and um, people can talk across purposes about it. So I like to try and um, give a a clear definition of of what I would mean by spirituality um, in terms of spirituality being about how we relate. It's about relationship, how we relate to reality to the world around us, to other people, to ourselves, to whatever the nature of ultimate reality is, be that God or the material universe or whatever. And I would say um, it's how we relate to that reality, um, you could put it this way, through our head, our hearts and our hands, through the, the worldview beliefs that we have about the fundamental nature of reality, um, the choices and commitments of our heart that we make, the, the attitudes that we have towards what we believe about the world, and together those uh, those beliefs and attitudes lead us to behave in certain ways that are characteristic of our our spirituality, our way of life. I would say everyone has a spirituality. So Richard Dawkins has an atheistic spirituality of yeah. a certain kind. Yeah. He has certain beliefs about the world, including you know, there's no God, only the material world is real. You can only know things through science. He has certain attitudes towards reality because of that. And that leads him to behave in certain ways, um, advocating atheism and and, um, campaigning against people, you know, being able to abuse their children by teaching them their religious views and so on.
0: You have some example like this. Uh, I want um, uh, the meaning of my life to be to eat uh, beans. (laughs) That's
1: right. So these these questions of, well, what is my life going to be about? Yes, yes. well, that is also yeah, true. part of this is, is an is intellectual question of, well, is there such a thing as a, a given objective meaning and purpose to life or not?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if there is, do I think I can discover it or not? And it's one thing to, to think there's buried treasure somewhere on the island. It's much more interesting if you think you've got a treasure map showing you how to find it. Yes, it yeah. um, but the other thing is, well, do I really care about finding it? Am I going to invest my effort into finding it, and that's much more an issue of the heart than it is of of the intellect, you might say. Uh, and of course, that's bound up with with actually having to do something about it. Can I really be bothered to put that effort in with my with my hands to go digging up that treasure? Um, is that going to conflict with the rest of my lifestyle or my peer group and so on? We are we are whole people, and and um, all of these aspects of ourselves feed into the, the life choices uh, that, we, that we make, of course. Um, so I think everybody is, is, is looking for um, their beliefs about the world. And people don't get a choice about whether they have beliefs or not, only whether they've thought them through well or not. Everyone is committed to something or other. Um, everybody has to do things in the world, and, and I think everyone is really has a, a hunger because of the kind of creatures that people are, and I would say the kind of creatures we are as people made in the image of, of God, um, to have an integrative spirituality so that the, our head and our hearts and our hands aren't pulling us in different directions and pulling us apart, um, but are um, integrating us as whole people, Um, So that what we think uh, goes along with what we choose, uh, which is consistent with what we do, which reinforces what we think and what we choose. Um, And as it says uh, in the Bible, God has put eternity into the hearts of man. Um, There is this, this desire for finding what is the true way of human flourishing um you know (laughs) and (laughs) yeah as christians we we think christ reveals the way to i am the way the truth and the life um and we can only try our best to reflect christ through our 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 whole selves again our head our hearts our hand our characters our intellect just as much as our compassion uh just as much as our social action um these things are not to be Divided from one another.
0: And uh, that's why you want. That was my uh, next question. Uh, uh, when you, when we talk about uh, apologetics, mm. the best way is exactly this: what you're talking about. To be yeah. uh, uh, the words of uh, Apostle Paul, uh, "I am not living the Christ, in is mm. living in me." Uh, which means, uh, if you want to be a good apologetic, you have to behave in all of you.
1: Yes, absolutely. Remember back to 1 Peter 3.15 when it said, be ready to give apologia yes. with gentleness and respect. So your character matters. And that here. is my, my next nice yeah. question.
0: And what do you think? Uh, uh, in this time, is it, uh, this time is good times for apologetics? Or, uh, I think the democratic ways mm. show to us that all of us have the, the, the same uh, rights to, to show to yeah. others what is the best. Dawkins have yeah we have yeah. everybody have that is true or that is uh, imagination how do you think about it you he- you live in a high democratic society with yes. long democratic long history of democratic yeah. institutions i think the first democratic institutions in mm-hmm. europe is yours, not french in in, 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 mm-hmm. in england mm-hmm. you have that kind of um, uh, wave yes. to democracy and what do you think about yes. this?
1: What I ask? Well, the, the, the theoretical idea and the, um, <laughs> the everyday practice may not match up. As I was saying ab- about the influence of media in this discussion uh, uh, and the way in which that tends to, to um, tilt the discussion towards um, extreme views getting an airing rather than um, more moderate. Views it tends to tilt the discussion towards views that can be very quickly summarised in a sound bite, rather than any discussion that needs a a prolonged philosophical discussion of the issues that goes from A to B to C to D. They want a five second sound bite that they can put in the. In the news piece, alongside the you know three-second soundbite from the opposition, um, and it reduces um, the kind of conversation that we want to have with one another as responsible, reasonable adults um, in a way that is profoundly unhelpful. I think so. Yes, in in theory, everyone has a right to have their voice heard in the in the public square and sure, the that, discussion, that but. Uh, is the
0: Maybe best the Muslims, maybe best yeah. the, the atheists, are maybe best. Yeah,
1: and but we should. Everyone should have the opportunity to make yes. their their case. Yes,
0: yes. but uh, you, you make the you make your case on your workplace, on mm. bus station, uh, in in bus, in metro. Yes, every place you can show that you are Christian and you are top guy. You understand what I mean?
1: Absolutely. Yes. Yes. We 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 all um, try and. Um, incorporate not just our ourselves as as sort of atomic individuals but our ourselves in terms of everything over which we have any influence or control uh, is part of God's kingdom and we are trying to uh, to bound up not just as our individual selves but our our lives our, comu- our communities the things over which we have an influence to make a positive influence uh, for, for Christ in those in those situations absolutely
0: two years ago on history channel i was looking uh, what will be it will be uh, with uh, new york area and new jersey with uh, tornado mm. and after two years now i in reality that was happened uh, we live in a world with uh, so many disasters personally I think that all the ages are the same but mm. the media is different and now people know on every part of earth what's mm. going on Two thousand, two to uh, 200 uh, 400 years ago you didn't know mm. that fast, so fast uh, like that, but I think that panic was the, the, the uh, fundamental elements of all hmm. uh, ages <laughs> in, in yeah. this our world. Uh, but uh, for atheists, that is the good hmm. reason not to believe in God, because hmm. the problem of evil and, uh, uh, rightness, hmm. and God rightness and God-rightness and God-goodness, uh, and uh, hmm. that is also uh, the question they don't know what is the God-rightness, because the God-rightness is some kind, uh, totally different kind of rightness from all people' rightness that know we who live in church, because mm. we know what is that, the God, the, the God is uh, right by, by love. But what you can tell us about was- Sure, well,
1: there's a fundamental underlying philosophical issue here about the very nature of right and wrong, or good and evil. Um, And the key um, discussion in that area is whether or not good and evil, the difference between them, is something that's objective, a, a fact of reality that we discover, or something merely subjective, something that we can invent, say, or something that's just a matter of taste, um, so we would know if, um, if two people were having a discussion and one said I, I believe the, the earth goes around the sun and the other said no no I think the sun goes around the earth well they've got two opinions and there's a difference of opinion but we would say one of those opinions must be wrong they can't both be right <laughs> and um, actually it is the earth that goes around the sun that's the fact of the matter But then when we come to discussions of morality, if someone says, you know, um, I think uh, the Holocaust was evil, and someone else were to say, I think it wasn't evil, okay, there's two different opinions, there's a difference here, but is there a fact of the matter? Is, Is one of them right and one of them wrong? Well... I would say, as a moral objectivist, yes, one of them is right and one of them is wrong. And the one who said the Holocaust was evil is right about that. It really, that's a fact. Um, It was evil. Now, atheists differ over this question. There are some atheists who would agree with me that there are objective moral facts that can be discovered. And others would say, no, no, morality is all... A matter of subjective opinion it's just what what you like or what your society's chosen a different society might choose differently it's all relative but when it comes to the problem of evil for belief in God I would point out that you have to mean by evil in that context objective evil Otherwise, there's no problem that can even get off the ground, as it were. If all you're saying is things happen in the world that I don't like, but that God might. And if God likes those things, well, there's a difference of opinion between us. But it's not as if one of us is right and one of us is wrong. Because there's no fact of the matter about whether it's evil to allow people to die in tornadoes (laughs) you see, then there's no argument to be made. So the atheist, to even bring up this problem, really has to admit that there are objective rights and wrongs and values in the world. But that admission immediately brings up the the following question. Which worldview best accommodates or best explains the existence of things like objective moral facts, real rights and wrongs, the, the idea that we really are, um, in moral experience, meeting commands that we are obligated to follow, not to commit genocide, say. Do you think it's actually a fact that we are commanded not to commit genocide, that we meet this moral reality that is a command, a prescription? It's not a description of how people do behave. It's a prescription about how they should behave. Uh, And that should has this sort of weight, this force to it, that we really are obligated to do it. But what kind of reality can issue prescriptions or commands what kind of reality can obligate us not a impersonal reality such as the materialist believes in how could i be obligated by my evolutionary history or by the atoms that make up the world Um, how could those things Give me a command to behave in a certain way that I ought to follow? Well, they, obviously they, they can't. And since objectives, uh, objective values means values that are not grounded in what I happen to think, because I can be wrong, or what my society happens to choose, because one society can be wrong, um, these values transcend individual or group or humanity as a whole humanity as a whole can make moral mistakes so you have to ground the reality of these objective moral facts in something that transcends humanity and yet is personal now that's beginning to sound quite a lot like at least a part of what people mean by god yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is not the, the point of all story because uh, uh, we know that uh, the God, uh, the God um, sort of rightness is quite different from man's rightness. And I, what I want to say, the, the, the obligation is not moral or ethical or some kind of, uh, uh, you gave me to do that. Mm. But that is the ontological obligation if for uh, us. If we want to be in, in God we have to feel all of that but every time when we step out from that uh neighborhood of God, God we are in another uh, kind of existence you you know what uh, what i am talking about
1: i'm not sure
0: <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. is the, is the is the
1: honest answer there um uh, d- explain a little bit more see if i i get uh
0: today if I'm Christian, I have to uh, not to eat meat on Wednesday and Friday, I have to go to church sometimes, but in your England history you have to, the situation that you have paid penny and not to go to church, your penny will <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> give you a chance to bring God, and then atheists mm. can say, see, si, mm. he pay a penny, and he, what, what is that kind of faith and what is that the mm. kind of mm. moral obligation, what is the, the moral I-
1: that's yeah. what
0: you're talking about but if you live with god mm. the god is shameful beauty everything mm. what mm. you mm. said about him uh, and you have need to be with him and every time when you do something else from mm. that your mm. need you step out from be with god mm. and then you exist on your natural way of existence, and mm. your natural way of existence is that. And that is the, mm. our orthodox mm. point of, of view. Right. Uh, that that the, the problem of moral is ontological mm. problem. Mm. It's not ethical problem. The the problem of behavior is not ethical or moral and mm. some kind of obligation. That is ontological problem. Right,
1: okay, yeah, I, I, I find that fascinating. I think Again, I would say I wouldn't view it as a both and. I, I, I would express what I think you're saying by saying God, His, his essential necessary character is the standard of, of goodness. And He has created us for a relationship with Him. Yes. So there is a, a, a given objective purpose for our life, an end, a, a telos, a goal of our life, which is relationship, uh, forgiven relationship with God. Uh, And so um, when we um, step outside of God's goodwill for our lives, we are both uh, deviating from what God's moral character would approve of, and that's an ethical problem, and we're deviating from um, the the given direction that our lives are meant meant to have, the purpose of our, our lives, where we're going away from the kinds of thing that we're meant to be. Yes. And in that sense, there's an, uh, we're putting an ontological strain on ourselves, as it were. There's this coincidence
0: yes. uh, where, uh, between the
1: ethical and the ontological. They go, yes. again, hand in hand.
0: Yes, yes hand in hand. But w- when I read that, at least... Uh, that's ridiculous to me because uh, uh, that is not a question. Do I believe in God or don't believe in God? That is the question. Am I with God mm-hmm. or I am not with God? You understand? Yeah. You can be Orthodox Christian or Protestant, Lutheran Protestant or the Roman Catholic, no matter. Uh, but uh, if you make crime, that's not the, the the question of your faith. That is the question of your um, Humanity, you mm. understand? Mm-hmm. All we are sinful people. Yeah. And that is ridiculous to tell me if you believe in God uh, the Christians wouldn't be in jails.
1: <laughs> oh yes. Well this this is a f- fundamental way again in which the new atheists just yes. as they mis- misrepresent the nature of faith yes. they misrepresent what christians think about the relationship between morality and god yes. what, what the new atheists tends to say is you, you christians are saying unless you believe in god you can't be good or you can't know the difference between right and wrong yes. if you don't believe in the bible because that's how christians say they know the difference between right and wrong uh and I would say, no, 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 no. It's not that the, I'm saying an atheist can't know the difference between right and wrong. It's not even that I'm saying atheists can't be good people. Um, Paul himself uh, talks about the, the Gentile who has the law written on his heart yes. when he does the right thing, his conscience now approving and now re- reproving him. So St. Paul says that people who don't believe in God can know the difference between right and wrong and can sometimes do the right thing and their consciences um, guide them. The question uh, I would say is whether or not an atheistic worldview can explain the reality of there being such a thing as right and wrong that we know that we should do. I would say uh, an atheistic particularly a materialistic worldview cannot uh, give a, a an ontological space for the existence of such a thing as real objective right and wrong, or real moral duties and obligations and rights and so on. Um, so I do think in that sense that, that atheists who believe in objective values um, have a, a worldview problem. Um, but of course, I'd, I'd much rather they believe in the objective values... Um, than say, well, because my worldview doesn't really have a space for these things, therefore I'm going to be a, a nihilist, a moral subjectivist, and ignore morality. Um, but I do kind of think that atheists who recognise the reality of, of morals, um, uh, they are recognising something that, if they really thought it through, would give them a fundamental Difficulty with their world view. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, what you can say to us about uh, uh, the contemporary Jesus? Because the, the the Jesus is contemporaries from all generations of yeah. Christians. Sure. Uh, what is the specific of these times?
1: Well, I th- I think we have uh, an an unchanging good news about Christ um, that needs to be. Appropriated by every individual and every generation uh, for itself, and uh, we may, uh, just as as one goes on in the Christian life, appreciate more and more about Jesus and who He is and the kind of life that He's called us to. So that the church, as it goes um, through history, may uh, get new insights and appreciation uh, of Christ. May just as me, we may sometimes fall into sin and, 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 and backslide uh, from the life that Christ calls us. So the church, in its various forms as well, may um, may um, misplace some of its understanding, may have to sometimes recover some of the understanding from that tradition. But we we all, as individuals, as churches, as societies, have to wrestle with the the objective reality of christ and do our, our best to um to um to understand him but not just as an intellectual matter
0: oh, to, 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 to be with
1: him yes to be with him too i like the way there's a, a catholic philosopher from america called peter Kreft yeah. who says to understand something is to stand under <laughs> But yes, its authority as reality to de- to determine how you relate to it, mm-hmm. and uh, by right. understanding Jesus, I would mean we we want to stand under the reality of Jesus' authority and all of its implications I for think our lives.
0: The, the, the better is inside reality. Yeah, <laughs> In, inside reality. Um, yeah. I, re- I want to ask you personally something because it's interesting for me. Uh, I read many things about uh, uh, divine agency in this world mm-hmm. and uh, that is uh, quite um, far from my the way of thinking because uh, in Orthodox uh, way of thinking mm-hmm. uh, the, the world is not object mm-hmm. and if we talk about deba- divine agency in this world uh, we're talking about existence of world. That existence is to be or Mm. Not to be. Mm. In this way. Uh, God, the world exists because God wished that. Mm. And the only way for existence is God love. And yeah. I can talk about divine agency and some kind of uh, irrational uh, reactions in the world. God mm. wants me put here uh, at this moment to be at my home and he take me and...
1: Mm.
0: I cannot understand... Uh, what is the source of that way of thinking? You understand what I'm asking? That is philosophical, also, source, mm. I, I, I mm. suppose. And I, But, you know, uh, I think that God is not metaphysical questions, that uh, the eschatological question, existence and, uh, and uh, uh, presence mm. of God. Mm. You understand mm. what
1: I mean? Again, of a, li- a little more elaboration would, would, would now, be helpful.
0: Okay, what you can tell us about divine
1: agency in the mm. world? Okay. Um, in an apologetic context, yes. this uh, um, immediately raises in my mind the, the question of miracles.
0: Yes, and that <laughs> is, that is the, the some kind. Of
1: right, thing. and um, the the question of the the difference between um, the way in which God. Uh, in creating and sustaining in existence the universe, yes. um, that universe seems to have its, its rational structure yes. to it, its, its, its way of uh, behaving according to its nature.
0: Yes.
1: Not to talk about n- nature as a, a metaphysical naturalist or a materialist would say, it's just nature existing on its own, nothing to do with God. No, rather this is its, its God-given nature
0: Yes, because yeah. you, you, uh, you 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 said uh, rational, rational structure is logos, yes. logical, logos. Absolutely, is Jesus Christ, and that is the yeah. absolutely logical for yeah. me because uh, the, the the Christian fathers talk about that when they don't know that uh, anything about science.
1: Yes, yeah, it, well, it was uh, I think Johann Kepler who talked about science as thinking God's thoughts after Him.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Uh, And this this indeed this idea that nature is something created by God is something that that was foundational to the birth of the whole scientific enterprise as we we now understand it. Um, As C.S. Lewis, uh, to quote from him, summarized it, um, men expected law in nature because they already believed in a lawgiver. Uh, which is a resource that other worldviews didn't have. And this is one of the reasons that the scientific enterprise um, first flourished um, within a Judeo-Christian uh, context in Europe.
0: Christianity yeah. gave the, the methodology of science. That That's right. The, today, the, the, the science is the mixture of uh, Indi- Indian, uh, Muslim, yeah. uh, Christian... But methodology uh, and yeah. source is that's right. So, it,
1: so within that understanding of nature, where it is um, something created and sustained by God, it has its own nature, uh, which uh, we can understand and explain things in terms of the the actions of the the things in the world acting according to their God-given nature. But that does not at all exclude the possibility of God wanting uh, certain things to happen in the world um, which go beyond the given powers, the given nature of the world to produce.
0: That is the the thing what I don't understand because uh, we think that nature powers behave like that. Hmm. We don't know what is the real truth we only can measure it, what we can see and, and if you go to in particle, physical particles mm. Mm. Uh, uh, when, uh, we, when we read that uh, they find some particle mm. how they find they don't find that particle they find a reaction with another space
1: Yes, it's and a, that is
0: the totally Christian thing that everything is in a reaction you understand what I mean, In relationship. So in, in relationship, yeah. yes. And uh, when you think about miracles, mm. the world is a miracle because world uh, doesn't, uh, didn't have existence, and God wanted to have existence. Yes. So be yeah. the world. You,
1: you. That's it. But Christians, I, I think we're not wanting to say there's the world behaving in the way that the world does, and that has nothing to do with God, and then there are miracles, and those are the things that God does. That would be, I agree, the, the wrong way of thinking about it.
0: Because in that way of thinking, the, the world is object, and the yes. world is not object. The world is part of the relationship of all the universe.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I think the way to think about miracles is to say there is the, the God-given nature that behaves according to its God-given nature. But sometimes God can give that nature a an additional help to achieve things that are beyond the reach of what it could achieve left to its own God-given nature. Um, so, okay, um, nature can according to its own God-given nature, turn water into, well, not quite into wine, but into uh, juicy
0: okay. uh, berries
1: that we can, you know. That is um, a <laughs> yeah. But when Jesus uh, turns water into wine at the wedding of Cana, um, we would say, well, okay, nature just left to its own accord, but not its own accord in a way that is excluding God has created it, has given it those capacities, he sustains it in existence moment by moment. But that framework nature of God-given nature yes. will not itself
0: but produce
1: right. wine out of water yes. in 10 seconds flat.
0: Yes, but that framework is Christ, because in his presence everything changes the way of existence. And I think that is the better way from... Mm. Divine agency in this world.
1: Yes, Spe- well, I think.
0: Yeah. The divine agency is Christ, because in Christ the world became, become yes. church, and church is the natural way. Yeah. For world to live in, everything good.
1: Yeah, and in Him all things hold. Yes. Hold together. Yes. yes. Um But, um, sometimes, um, I I think in order to still talk about the, the miraculous, um, you could, you could sort of make a distinction between God's, God's ordinary way of acting, uh, through the world and an extraordinary, um, way of acting, um, in the okay, world, I agree.
0: But, but, um, I, but I have to say, what we think that is ordinary, ex- that is extraordinary. When yeah. you live in Christ, that is ordinary. I want to uh, t- say that you understand. Yes, yes. I do. Yes. So uh, at the end, I want to ask you uh, something, because uh, you live in England. In what? Uh, where, in Bothell?
1: In uh, Southampton, which oh is yeah. a, a big port university town on the south coast of England.
0: And what is my question? Uh, in these days, uh, what does it look like to be Christian in Southampton in mm. England? It's a, a, a yeah. difficult way of life or a uh, full well, pleasure mm. way of life. Yeah. <laughs> you are <Yes>. honorable. <laughs> <laughs> Many if you're in your society, what
1: is it like to be Christian? In- yes. Well, we have a long Christian tradition yes. in the country. We have uh, an established institutionalized church, the Church of England. And, of course, we also have a long tradition of, uh, particularly of Catholic Christianity in the country uh, as well. Um, but uh, that... Uh, because it's bound up with the the state and kind of with, in in past history, with just the way in which everyone expected everybody else to be, um, that has, in many people's minds, um, not really necessarily been connected with a a living personal relationship and faith with God. It, It has, in some instances, become much more to do with what is socially accepted um, what is bound up with the the governmental structures of society, um, and uh, so that has has been an issue. You will get lots of people will uh, on you know official government forms will say yes, and, I'm a Christian, but by that they might only mean I was baptized as a child or i got married in a church or i I go to church every christmas because i like the nice singing Mm. (laughs) or that's my culture um uh, they uh, do not mean by i'm a christian everything that um, st paul would want them to mean by saying i I am a a christian um so in terms of of the actual place of Christianity in society, as as opposed to the sort of social Christianity, um, it may be that about one in ten people goes to uh, church regularly uh, on a Sunday, uh, and that a even smaller uh, percentage of those people are in a living relationship uh, with God through Christ. Um, and so... Um, we're certainly a minority within the country I would say even though it has this reputation as a a Christian country and we have a, you know, a queen who is the head of state and the head of the church uh, and, and all of this um, so there can be a con- confusion between these, these levels um, uh, there's a sort of a place for religion in society at this sort of social level um, but a sort of active living faith in god through christ uh, is a minority position um, that is not um, well uh, respected within um, the, the the media tradition uh, and so on who gives play to these these new atheists uh, mm-hmm. and so on that that seems to be a position that resonates much more with those who've been through the university system and who are working in the uh, the media outlets, and so on.
0: Mm. Um, when you say media, I want to ask you one mm. question more. Uh, that is about CERN uh, and, uh, and particle oh, yes. physics. Uh, but this is my question. Mm. In December last year, mm. I was... Uh, out of this, uh, of my residential city, and I'm looking TV, and the first on BBC, and second on CNN, mm. and after that, another mm. TV stations uh, have uh, news. That, uh, phys- physics in uh, CERN Institute CERN, find uh, new particle. Mm. That is God particle. And after that, mm. I, I, I was going to CERN website, and on CERN website, is what quite different uh, news mm. uh, we find some results yeah. it can be, but maybe, and we don't uh, uh, we wouldn't yeah. uh, say what it is
1: much more cautious yeah. and qualified yes. What and, do you yeah, yes, I think that's right I, again, media always tends to simplify
0: but why uh, that is my question why media uh, oh. Uh, there is uh, yeah. some reasonable <laughs> behaviour or, or uh, t- the tendency of uh, some kind of uh, unchristian, atheist, believers. Uh,
1: well, I, I'm sure it's a, a complicated mix of factors. There's, as every teacher will know, when you're trying to teach your class and you have a whole range of abilities that you're trying to communicate to all in one go, that's very difficult, and sometimes you do have to simplify... In order to carry everyone with you, but there is such a thing as being oversimplistic. Yes,
0: that is
1: And I, I, I think that can be a difficult line to walk. But it would be my observation that that media um, does have a tendency to oversimplify rather than simply to simplify. Uh, it tends to fall on the wrong side of that line uh, far too often. And, of course, people's personal biases uh, and so on come into play uh, when you're reporting on issues like religion or politics, um, particularly. Um, so that's all going into, into the mix there.
0: Okay, Peter, thank you for your time. And I hope that you will come again here in Belgrade.
1: Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure having a nice discussion with you.
0: Thank you.